Good afternoon and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified, qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky Luciano. That's right, it's a beautiful Saturday afternoon at the Virus Bunker. Welcome to the greatest show on earth. Sitting across from me, my co-host is Chumahan Bowen, American Indian, Southern Californian, elegant barbarian, here to entertain it's everybody's alive yeah. y'all honorary members of the tribe now oh, mr headphones mrs headphones you have been inducted into the tribe of the hard luck show right everyone gets a chance to paint their faces everyone can braid their hair right let's get some knives some bone spears and start stabbing fools Native to the land you've inhabited. Yes, right. And on sound, our sound engineer, old blue eyes. Ooh, Sean Lewis, certified audio professional engineer for the hard fucking luck show. Listen, 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 listen to this. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Uh oh. Big old blue. Like that. Big old blue eyes in your face. That's exciting. He's for on the computer. Old blue eyes. Huh? Uh. Yeah. That's real dubstep. Yeah, it's got a little reggae beat to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Good. That's good. Yeah. That's yeah. a good one yeah. for him. Old blue eyes at the keyboard. He's gonna hit another big ass high score. He doesn't like to be talked shit to, but it doesn't matter. His eyes are always blue. Sean. Boy, <laughs> you hear that? You hear all that, Sean? He can't. We got to set up a system. You can't so you hear can the hear. music, but you could hear the rapping, right? You hear the. Oh, I heard the rapping. Probably sounding crazy. You heard the talented flow from the Indian <laughs> brother. Listen, you red got, raps by the red brother. Hey, listen, man, it's freestyle. It's freestyle up it's in here. Freestyle Saturday. Off the dump. <laughs> oh, yeah, off the dump. <clears throat> man, it's uh, it's nice out. Um, it's beautiful. Gorgeous out. It's in all, this it's crazy all, world we're living in. It's already hot. Yeah, it's getting hot. It's always hot for me. Yeah. I run hot. I gotta imagine that like the coronavirus is just sizzling on the streets right now because it's. Is it already? Is it hot where you're at right now, Sean? Already outside. Yeah, it's beautiful. Right. Beautiful. Right. Yep. Sean said that um, the other day, he said that, uh, okay, Sean, you live in a neighborhood. What, what is the dominant, predominant cultural group that is in Jewish. The, Jewish. And yeah. he said, like, last weekend, they were like, what were they doing? You know, I don't really know what it was. It was some sort of festival to celebrate some rabbi who... I, I'm not sure if he's dead or if he's alive, but it was a festival and they had people have their cars tricked out with like systems, like, you know, uh, audio systems. And they're just driving up and down the street pumping like, like Jewish jams, man, <laughs> like yeah. festive Jewish jams. But and what, it's like super loud. What's a festive Jewish jam sound like? 
you know, like a traditional. I don't know what it is, man. It's they got the like the traditional instruments. You know how it is. They have that like kind of like bouncy kind of beat. I don't yeah. Know. That shit gets you pumped. You know, you they're like, like Hava, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, like, that's, that's like, pump up shit. With a new school twist. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, I wish you could hear then, this. Uh, hold on, hold on. Yeah. I wish you could hear this because I got Jewish Music 2020 on Spotify right now for all our listeners. Let's hear this. Is it is it jumping? Is it like energetic? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like electronic, but it's Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Here we go. Yeah, Here we go. Dope, bro. A lot of Here these we go. guys are bumping that stuff. This is called Hakoi Mishamayim. Dude. It sounds great. I thought it was hey, going to start. Say what you want about the Jewish people, man, but they throw down. Dude, yeah, they, they do, bro. Nasty. I thought you were going to bust out that shit that's kind of like, what's that rapper? Which one? Oh, uh, Mattis Yahoo? Mattis Yahoo. I thought you were going to throw some Mattis no. Yahoo type stuff look, out. And look, this song is called Shar Mitzvah. Shar Mitzvah. I, I, there's so many mitzvahs. Why is there so many mitzvahs? Because it's a mitzvah. But what's it's a, a good mi- deed. Is that what that deed, is? Yeah. So you can have any kind deed. of mitzvah. Yeah. Look at that. Sean, you got you to gotta let this roll for a second. Now By this is Cole, more new. This is yeah. new. By you Cole Hadarach. Yeah, they put some good melodies. Yeah. That traditional stuff is, is is dope though. Some of that traditional with the twist, no real upbeat, makes you want to dance, huh, Sean? Yeah, for yeah. sure. So that was just going off in the neighborhood last last weekend. Man, I'm telling you, there was like uh, like these little miniature parades with like these people just driving down the street. And then some. Sometimes they would have like cars behind them that were just like following them or whatever. Did you see any lowriders? Uh, were there any these low guys, riders? In some there? guys would like rent a truck, mm-hmm. and then then they put in like a system, and there was a DJ in the back of the truck. Yep. Wow. That's like, why. You, that's why DJ when they, when they get the off, street, when they when they're jamming a, like that, a whole system in the back of a truck that he rented, and he was singing. Yeah. That's why when the people start jamming, dog, you see all sorts of people that aren't Jewish jumping in the mix because it's like undeniable. It's just powerful. But oh, I was and, out and there you know, Sean, waving my hands around. Right. And you know, now with this, the area that we're talking about that Sean lives in, my mom lived a block away from Sean on the same street. Really? On the other side of Pico. Yep, 1445. Right. What's your address? Oh, you don't, don't say your address on there. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we I mean, lived uh, one block away on the other side of Pico yeah. on Sherborne. Um, and that was when I was young, like a, a grade school in the junior high. We lived over there and, uh, and it was, yeah, predominantly Jewish. Yeah. I know the neighborhood very well. Wow, man. So yeah, I was like, wow, that's, that's, that's pretty wild. Pico, and then, Pico Robertson area. Pico Robertson. On right. the West side, fool. Is that still considered West side? Of course side? it is. Everything West of downtown LA is considered the West side, but it's the West, West side is over where I'm at. But, you know, it's still considered West L.A. Got it. Yes. Got it. You West Sider, Sean. <laughs> Listen. Yeah. <clears throat> you know what, Sean? What's up? You know what I wanted to say was, we have a partner that's um, an, an Indian, American Indian. He's native. Yeah. And, sure uh, is. you know, he's... You know, I don't know about our listeners out there, but 
there's always been this, I don't know, attraction. And, um, you know, I, I always feel pulled towards, you know, that culture. You know, right. and, and, um, American Indian. I also, you know, tribal culture. And, you know, I, I, you know, investigated a lot into, like, even Aztecs. And I just, I'm into it, you know. And um, North American Indians. You know, we have a partner, man, that's, his name is Chumahan. And I'm intrigued, bro, with so much about the Indian culture. Are you, Sean? Do you get intrigued with oh, that hell, stuff? Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's dope, wait, wait, let me ask you a question. Sean, what part of American Indian culture intrigues you really? Like, when you think about it, like, what is your big pull? I think that there's something to be said about the fact that they have survived off the land and there's that like you know they don't really need anything to survive right it's like it's almost like if you were to go to like survival school or something and learn how to live off the land there's that aspect of it but i think what the biggest draw is is like probably the savagery of of it you know what about you what about you steve what what, it's one thing what strength Power. It's a strength of power. I mean, I'm a big dude for warrior type shit. And yeah. So right. the Indians have are just like the probably to me some of the strongest people on the planet. Built strong, just built to like withstand. Clans. You know. Like the and, uh, it, it's it's that. And then when you flip the backside of that over, yeah, these were spiritual people, man. Oh, that sure. to me were were good people, and they were in. They were in touch and in tune with the planet and 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 the star, and all of it, bro. Nature, but on the flip side of it, these are strong people that when they drop, when the rain was coming down, when the motherfucking legions decided to let loose, yeah, man, you better fucking get out of the way, man. And these are strong people with pride, man, that they couldn't break. And I fucking admire that so much. And I admire the spiritual side of Indians and what they brought to the table. So I'm just intrigued by it, man. It's like that warrior, spiritual warrior, like half and half. And uh, that shit intrigues me. And I, yeah, there's savageness to it. But yeah, um, there's think... purpose and reason that behind that backs a lot of it up for me. Mm. At my, my perception. Mm. Uh. Hi, Elg. Oh, Elg. Mm, you speak them truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, I was thinking, Sean. You know, man, I've got some. I got some questions, man. Mm. And Chumahan not only has reached back into his history mm. of his family and his tribe, and 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 asked a lot of questions, talked, and he's done the work to find out his history, his tree, and his tribe. But he's also done a lot of work on just investigating his heritage, you know? And I got some questions, man. I mean, I'm hoping that you might have some questions too, Sean, but I've got some things that I want to know um, about uh, Native culture, Native American culture. Oh, yeah. and, uh, and I also want to, and I think that our guests want to know some of this stuff too because if i want to know then more than likely 90 percent of our listeners want to know the answers to some of these questions yeah and sure. you know what's cool sometimes in the comments some like one lady um i should have i don't one lady said that she lived in costa mesa uh which is where the firm's at and all that stuff and that she actually moved to the Tulalip indian reservation and she was like man that was a culture shock she's not i don't i mean she's 
she's lat- it looks like Latina, mm-hmm. right? So she is part Indian. Lat- yeah, right. Latin people are Indian. Yeah, bro. Let's no matter how much they tell you about their cousin Rubio or their whatever who's got red hair and they want to talk mm-hmm. about Spain, mm-hmm. a lot of them do. The truth is, though, a lot of them are India. They have that. Yes. But right. there's not a connection necessarily in this country to that because the, 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 the Mayans, the whatever, are over there. But if you go to Guatemala or you go to any of these other places, you'll see some real India still. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like living yeah. out in a fucking jungle. I like living. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think that what we kind of fail to realize, I mean, when you say American Indian, you get this a kind of like maybe one picture in your head, but it's so diverse. Yeah. It really is diverse. Like yeah. culturally and like artistically and then like uh, even like the body shapes of, oh, of American dude. Indians. Yeah, that's why I won't from- date Pima. I'm not going to date a Pima. <laughs> now, let me ask you something, Juwan, because you yeah. get a little bit frustrated when people say Native American Indian. Yeah. Isn't it just American Indian? Well, here's the problem. A lot of people think that uh, there's a controversy between American Indian and Native American. And Native American is a term that the government actually came up with because they wanted to give us a, a better name than what they'd been calling us before. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the American Indians were kind of like, yeah, that's fucking, you know, we don't like what you guys have been, red man. But even that doesn't bother us as much. But um, so a lot of American Indians that I know, including myself, we reject that term Native American because by implication, it means like, Okay, so if we're Native American, then what's a white person? They're cultural American or they're right. somehow not right. caught up in some stupid primitive shit? Mm-hmm. Or, like, what does that mean? Right. And then also for me, I'm like, you know, there is no Native America, meaning that the concept of America, the idea of America is a construct. It's just made up. Somebody came here and said, you know what? We're going to call this America. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so it's artificial, so you're saying, oh, so we're native artificial people? Like, by, by placing American Indians as kind of like related to America by saying native, uh-huh. you're actually naturalizing America. You're making the concept seem like it's always been that way when it really wasn't, ever. Yeah, I like uh, American Indian. Now, American Indian is a testament to the fact of a couple things. Number one, that fucking the white people or... Christopher Columbus didn't know where he was. Right. Because he's calling us Indians. Mm-hmm. They were thinking they were in India getting ready to get some fucking, you know, spice, punch, foron, and all that shit. Mm. Right. They came here and they landed in the Caribbean. Caribbean, Caribbean, I don't know. But whatever, how you properly say that, make sure you listen to Caribbean Queen by Billy Ocean's, one of the greatest songs of all time. Mm. <laughs> but the point of the matter is that's why they call them the Indians. And then it's, it's American Indian because. Uh, uh, is America is the construct, the new idea, the new country, the new way, da, 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 plus the mistake. And that's the truth. And there's no shame in, for me in that. There's no shame. Hell no, there ain't for you. No, because... Okay. And we're talking about you right now. Right. So what I'm saying is, is like, I wear that American Indian proudly. Proudly, man. Yeah. Like, I, when I... Dude, there's nothing more real than that that's real see part, see why do you do this to me steve what, 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 I don't, what why do you give me going now i gotta sit up i get all pissed yeah off. you better sit up red man <laughs> <laughs> i get all crazy part of the problem is is that 
you know, when Europeans made contact with the people that were here that eventually became to be called the American Indians, uh-huh. record keeping was in a different place than it was. And it was getting better and better and better and better. So as a result, you don't have the benefit of what like a lot of other people do, which is that mm. they're from Italy or they're from France and you can kind of just forget about the tribes and the wars and all this other stuff and just call yourself a Frenchman. Mm-hmm. You can, because the records are spottier and spottier and spottier and lost as you go further and further back, it's a lot easier to just kind of, but in this case, the Europeans, Canada, American Indians, and that, that clash, the fight, and the hundreds of years of struggle, mm-hmm. hundreds of years of survival, hundreds of years of domination, everything was better and better recorded up to the point that Sitting Bull eventually is like in a fucking, basically like in a show with, you know, like Buffalo Bill and they're selling tickets in Chicago at the World's Fair kind of shit. Let let me ask you something when you say that. In, you know, you know how we've had, we've had the Civil War, we've had World War One, we've had World War Two, you've had, then there's been wars that have been taking place that, Maybe that the United States weren't involved in that were massive, huge wars, you know? Sure. All over the world. Sure. But the Hundred Years' War in Europe. Okay. There you go. So that's for one, you know? Um, and my question is this is from what you can gather, yeah. numbers wise, yeah. the amount of lives, <laughs> the length, okay? The American, North American Indian War. Was it the longest or the most deaths? Well, it's definitely the most deaths. It is. I mean, when you talk about. They don't. They. So it's to the point where you can't calculate it really. They kind of think that maybe today alive is about 2% of what was there when when they showed up, American Indians. Like 2%. Are left over? Are left over, 3%. Compared to what was there when. The Europeans first arrived. And when you think about when the Europeans first arrived, you got to realize they, they probably, it's it's the Spanish. I mean, look, right. I know, right. I know. Some motherfuckers are out there and they're like, yeah, but the Vikings and fucking Eric the Red and the, 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 the Clovis Arrowhead and all that shit. Yeah, but they didn't stay in there and they either blended in with the tribe or they disappeared or got killed and nobody knows. Right. But from the sustained contact, let's say, right, it's the Spanish uh, down there now what people don't realize is that spanish br- colonizing is already a thing by 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 1492 or whatever the fuck it is it's already a thing greeks have been doing it romans have been doing it probably chinese before written records have been doing it mm-hmm. fucking mongols have been right, doing it right. right this is a thing you go to a new place and you set up shop and you smack everyone that's there in the head with a fucking club and they either play nice and they accept you as the boss and you pay tribute or you die that's it or you kill a bunch of them when you get there so you don't have to be busy hitting anybody over the club with head right well when I mean, they well so all right so look, partially yes, but they also it was they didn't know. I mean, they, they to be honest, when the Spanish showed up, they had pigs. They had cattle. Pigs and cattle are not from North America, mm-hmm. so they let them loose because it's like a food supply. Right. The pigs, obviously, that we just learned with the coronavirus, 
can be carriers of viruses and have been, right? Mm-hmm. But American Indians at this time had no connection to any of those things, so they didn't know. So at that early stage, and it doesn't take long for a fucking pig to break loose and then become wild or feral, as they're mm-hmm. called. It, it, it doesn't take eons. It takes like one generation, maybe even a half a week, right. and then the pig's like on its own, and right. it's like fuck Broke you, loose. yeah. And it's out there fucking, and then they fuck, and then it's a whole bunch of things. Next thing you know, you got a whole bunch of hogs, mm-hmm. right? Wild boar, hogs. By the way, first animal I ever killed hunting was on the Seminole Indian Reservation when I was nine. And I shot a wild boar. Wow. Fucking broke its back in half. Fucking just snapped it, whatever. And, wow. And uh, the Seminoles. Things are deadly. Oh. Oh. Chased a Frenchman into a tree. Right. We fucking ground it up, made sausages out of it. Anyway. Oh. But the point is, is those, they now realize that those pigs... And those wild animals spread disease amongst the Indians at that time. So, so were they, Indians first, when they were first eating pork, were they getting sick? No, you don't get sick from the eating the pork. It's the virus in the pig. So, mm. like, mm. you cook it or whatever, and that's fine. But your interaction with the pig could have spread the disease. Gotcha. Okay. So then, there, so because when the, when the British whites came up north, into Jamestown, the forests had grown back a little bit more. So this concept that people have like, oh, when we got to America, it was just this giant, you know, Lord of the Rings fucking, you know, world of forests and vines. And it was wild. Not really. It was probably more manicured before then, more controlled before then, because there's evidence that the, the, um, that the Indians at that time were burning fucking fields to grow up big things of buffalo and all this mm-hmm. other shit. But, but because of the disease pandemic at that time, mm-hmm. let's not forget, there was a pandemic at that time. Right. It's like we got now. Uh, a lot of the Indians got killed, died off, and as a result, a lot of nature kind of like grew back in in more force. And that's what the British are seeing when they first arrive. When they first arrive. That's what A lot of foliage. Yeah, a lot of foliage, right. Yes. Uh, Okay, so let's back it up a little bit. And let's, uh, I want to, you know, I want to figure out something here. (laughs) Uh, I think a lot of people, when they think about American Indians, they're thinking about... The Sioux, the Blackfoot. Yeah, the you know, plains. Right, the plains, right? Yeah. And uh, and they're like, yeah, this dude that has, the, you know, Lucky's partner on the Hard Luck Show, this fucking dude's got all this education because, you know, he's uh, Indian. They get, they pay for his schooling and he gets all sorts of free shit from the casinos. Yeah. You know, because you're... Your tribe owns these huge casinos in Las Vegas, yeah. right? <laughs> right? No. No. Oh, no? no. <laughs> you don't got casino money? Your education wasn't paid for by... No? No. 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 Are a lot of Indians, are most like that? Um, so It depends on the tribe. And so the tribes, they are all different. I mean, it's like Uruguay, Paraguay, Panama, da 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 We're talking about USA. But what I'm trying to explain to you is, is that mm. the tribes are all different entities. Mm. They have different boundaries like a nation. Mm. The reservation has a boundary like a nation. And each one is self-governed on its own terms. Wow. So you do. You have some situations where like, you know, uh, there's a lot of East Coast Indians, mm-hmm. right? They're near large population centers like fucking New York. As a result, they can have a huge casino. 
Right. And they can pay for whatever. Right. And sometimes they do. Then you can have some places that are in the middle of fucking nowhere, like mm. a big desert. And maybe, you know. By chance. And maybe like every once in a while a truck will pass by or every once in a while a car will come through or a serial killer with a fucking body in the trunk. But nothing that would support a casino. Not enough foot traffic to right. support a casino. Those guys are still broke. Gotcha. Now there's a centralized fund that the Indians kind of have like recognized. Like, well, we we, but it's 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 not like they have the casino, right? Okay. Then there's other tribes that after they got their casinos a little later, learned some lessons that the earlier ones in the earlier ones were like, fuck it, we'll just hand a check out to everybody every month. Mm-hmm. Why don't we just pay motherfuckers? And it would be the same thing as if someone came into the hood. And gave everyone like a $2,000 check every month for doing nothing. Mm. Right? It would have that kind of effect. What would that do? What would Diablo do with an extra $2,000? Would Diablo go and buy some T-bonds and some fucking, you know, start investing that and thinking (laughs) about real estate and how to make, you know. Or would he go and buy another giant (laughs) stereo, (laughs) right? Better turntables, right? Right. Maybe some new kicks. Gotcha. (laughs) Spend it all on shoes. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's the same thing in some of those areas, too. So the Indians got like a big check and then, you know, now they got jet skis and they're like, but, you know, but maybe they didn't spend it on education. Gotcha. Right. When you're you're 19, you got two thousand dollars in your pocket. How many people are like, you know what would be a capital idea right. would be to go get my undergrad. Right. You'd be gotcha. like, you know, all right. So in my tribe, my tribe, they call it actually the white tribe. Where, 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 where is your tribe and what's the name of your tribe? It's the Sklalum, uh, which is also known as Testichlum Nesklayum. In my tribe, you got to do a lot of... Kind of like Nazi Germany. Kind of. Okay. Kinda. So go on. Well, kind of Germany. I mean, not, Germany. not all of Germany. All of Germany. Germany before the Nazis, Germany during the Nazis, and All then Germany, Germany after the Nazis. And where where is the uh, location? It's of- in it's in Squim. Squim. <laughs> it's in Squim, which is right on the Olympic Peninsula in Washington State, which is right across from Victoria, B.C. British oh wow! Okay. From Canada, and you're right up by the border. I'm right up by the border. A. Hey, so when people used to tell me the border. You know, we didn't cross the border. The border crossed. <laughs> like, Motherfucker, I know. Yeah, I know. A different border. <laughs> I was like, I know. They ain't building a wall around that border. Yeah, like that. Like sometimes when the that. Well, that's a different show when we were over there working on our uh, documentary. Uh-huh. And who? And there was that guy that was hanging out. I don't. Uh, Paloma or yeah. Barajo or. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bajaro. Bajaro. Bird. Yeah, Birdman. Yeah. Kind of like that, you know what I mean? Where there's a lot of dudes, African, Latin dudes, sometimes they're trying to break me off a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, I know. They're like, yeah. listen, this whole thing's a lie. <laughs> so you guys are up there. You're in the state of Washington. Yeah. How far away is that from here? Uh, Well, Oregon, whatever. So I think it's like 1,500 miles or something like you know, that. Miles. North. You are on the coastline? Right on the coast. You're on the road. Oh, you're fucking Dude, on the Dude, if you look ocean. at all the old black and white photos- You'll see a whole bunch of longhouses right on the coast, like right on the beach. Like my, they didn't, my people just were like, well, all right, how far is the beach? All right, well, let's just put it right here, right next to the beach. But that's smart. Yeah. You got the, we got the foliage, right? And then you got the ocean. What better? Let me tell you, were they whalers? 
Yes, they were whalers. Whalers is in like in Bob fact, Marley and the Whalers. I mean, no, yeah. not as in whaling, as in yelling, but as in whaling as capturing a big fucking, big fucking mammal with fins. Wait, they were catching whales. Oh, dude, how on. do you fish for a fucking whale? First how of the all, hell do you do that? Listen, were they fishing? Were they getting fish? Yeah. Then why would they get a whale if you can get fish? Because a whale do, is like going to Costco. A whale. <laughs> how a, do you fucking? What kind of fucking cord do you use to fish up a whale with? How first do you do of that? all, what you do is you cup your ear and you listen for some whale sounds. Oh, <laughs> oh! You hear that? That sounds like a dolphin. A lot of people think. A lot of people think that that's SeaWorld, but for my people, that sound like breakfast. They were catching whales. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, so what they would do is. It's a whole process. Are you Wait, sure you're, 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 give me a timeline on when this is going down. Because I know they catch whales with big old ships in the ocean. No, no, no. Like 1,600, 1,500. Like, but they didn't have a fucking motor. They didn't have. Well, actually, obviously. Listen. <laughs> listen. I'm trying to. I don't even know. If they the didn't li- borrow a battleship. Are you and sure the listeners want to hear this? Yes, bro. I, Sean, you're going to tell me that in. 1500, 1600, uh, some Indians went out and captured a whale. Way earlier than that, even. Dude, if I was to tell you the fucking nautical, Man, the sea. Break me off, dog, sea, and explain would, to me. Whale if I hunting. was to tell you the sea ingenuity of these people. I, this is why I'm asking questions. It will this blow your fucking mind. I blow my mind. Okay, let's just start with Wait, one thing. Hold on, hold on, break hold on, down hold on, whale. Give me the time dates and how this goes down, please. First of all, you got to understand something, right? Mm. Like, to get a whale, like a gray whale. There was orca. Oh, gray whale. They had gray whales, blue whales, orca, all that shit coming through mm-hmm. in this, like, channel of water. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what the whales are doing. They're coming in and playing dice or fucking right, each other right, in the right, ass. Right, right, I have right. no idea. But the Indians in that area, my people, the macaw, which, by the way, we still have treaty rights to hunt whales. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, Greenpeace is freaking out. Okay. But here's the thing. So... Red piece. <laughs> no, the green piece is like, we don't care. You yeah. don't need to be killing whales. And the red piece is like, let us get our fucking whale yeah. on. Yeah, red piece is yeah. like, we won't get a piece. Yeah. But so the thing is, is what happens is, so first of all, because they live in the Puget Sound, the Puget Sound is like one side is the ocean. And by the way, where my people live is where the Indians in Twilight, that stupid Dracula movie, mm-hmm. Twilight, that's where my people live. Oh. All right. Nice. And so, so on, so you're bordered by water on three sides. You okay. have wide open ocean on one side. You've got a strait, which is basically like a big channel of water between two pieces of land. And then you have on the other side, a sound, which is a nautical term, which means like where all the ocean comes in and then there's a bazillion islands. And then you're talking about Washington. So it rains all the time on the West side. And so, uh, as a result, you got nothing but snowpack, Olympic mountains, da-da-da. So, there's all this fucking river waves. A lot of fresh water. Lots of fresh and salt water. So, the wow. Indians Hell in yeah. that area, their whole get-down was a fucking canoe. Now, when yeah. I say canoe, a lot of people think about that Indian in that commercial where he's like paddling a little birch bark canoe by himself. and He's got a tear because he sees hollowed McDonald's. out a little fucking log. It's right. not, dude, these things were massive seagoing fucking vessels, canoes, like something that the like, like something the Vikings would have recognized. Wow. Right. So at the time, better to call it a boat than a canoe. Then. You, you can't. 
If you call it a boat, mm. people up there will freak out. Mm, mm, I don't mm. know what it is about sea people. All right. No, listen, I'm, t- I'm telling you the truth. You have to jump out of the... When I went on the canoe journey with everybody, if anyone said boat, I'm in the boat, I got on the boat... They get beat up. They would throw you in the water. Okay. You had to jump right in the water and get back in the canoe. They're canoes. And let me tell you something. It's real hard to get into one of those canoes. It's easy to get out. Yeah. But when it's always you, easier getting out. But climbing back into the canoe mm-hmm. when you're in the fucking... And that water up there is cold. It ain't Hawaii. Yeah. Okay. So these things are huge, right? And we're talking like 30 foot, 40 foot long. But they're also really strong. And a lot of them could be made out of like... a. They were made out of one log. Because back then you had all this old growth cedar. That mm-hmm. was huge. And, they, and there were special guys... Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know if it's all bullshit, to be honest with you. Like Go in ahead. terms of like, you know how like you, you hire a cabinet maker or you hire a, a special right. like technician. Yeah. But back then they had a special guy who had the skill of knowing which tree will be the right one for a trip. That makes sense. I mean, it does, but I don't, it's lost as to what criteria. I mean, right. obviously straight was important. You didn't want a fucking yeah. uh, a boomerang shaped canoe because then you just go in circles. But <laughs> but somehow they knew. And also... Yeah, I know that about like cantaloupes. What do you mean? I don't have to smell them or knock on them. I can just look at a cantaloupe and know when it's the ripe cantaloupe. Just looking at it. Just right. looking at it. I can't tell you what I'm looking for, but I just know inherently that that's the right one. Right. And these dudes knew exactly which tree was the right tree from something. Right. right. And... and, 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 and you know, they, they were well aware it was a living thing and they were and, and right. they have a lot of respect. And when I say respect, I don't mean like what we think of right now. Cause a lot of times you think like the that the Indians were super serious and they would like go out there and be like Ugh. Pray they, to the tree for the right, right, right. right. But yeah. what they understood was you could get a lot of different shit out of a tree. Right. Like when they looked at a tree, they didn't just see like one or two things. There right. were so many things you could get out of it. That it was very, it's like a very helpful, powerful thing. Sure. They would make the longhouse out of it. The cedar bark could be used to make actual rain caps that would keep the rain off you. Right. They could weave it into baskets. They would make the fucking ropes partially out of nettles and out of cedar strips to make ropes thick enough for the whale hunting. I'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. But so when they, when they looked at a tree, they, it was like everything you needed was right there. And that's why a lot of American Indians, like when you think about like, oh man, it would be so cool to live. That's why when you look at like survival people things now, it, it, it's, it's a mess. It's a total mess. It's a total mess. Survival people now are freaking out and they, they, they don't know what they could use anything for. And they're trying to get back to civilization and they're trying to, so they got like 48 hours and they got to like, you know, figure out how to survive for 48 hours, but they don't really, they haven't lived in the environment long enough to understand how everything works. Mm -hmm. They don't know where they look for the food exactly. Right. They don't know blah, 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 blah. But if you take a group of people and you put them in an environment in nature for like even like 10 years, they will start to really understand in the same way that when you look at your house and you come home and you know something's off, you might not even know exactly what it is yet Mm -hmm. because somebody stole something Mm -hmm. or somebody moved some shit. Mm -hmm. So you come home, you're so accustomed in the woods that you can now see food, like, oh, okay, that's where the food is, something's off. That's how they could track animals. They could track an animal, right? 
Like they could track an animal into us, it would look crazy because mm-hmm. you're like, I don't even. I don't. Yeah, what, like do they, a, what do you see? Yeah, it's yeah. a bunch of leaves. But to them, they've been in it for so long. They know when a leaf's been turned over. Right. And they gotcha. know when like little mouse shits over here, and they right. oh that means gotcha. that anyway. So they look at the. So then somebody will pick the tree, and then it would be like a whole ceremony getting a tree down. They used fire a lot of times around the the base, bo- the base to mm-hmm. like whittle it away. Mm-hmm. But they also had whalebone hatchets. They manscape it with some fire. <laughs> they had they had ha- they had whalebone hatchets. Yeah, right. This is the importance of the whale. Think about how big a whale is, and think about those bones, right? And then think about like like guys in prison. What if you gave a guy in prison a, a hunk of bone. whalebone? Yeah, like yeah. what could he make out of that? A million different things. Right. Yeah. Like you go a over. A comb, a knife, a bucket, <laughs> uh, maybe a key for the door. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's the same thing. Like they're out yeah. there and they've got all these different bones. So they're like, fuck, what could we use this for? You know, my bitch would be way hotter if her, hair's was, if her hair was uh, pinned up. Sh- straight, pinned right, up. Right, right? Right, right. And they do. They have. You can go to our tribal museum and you see some old ass bone combs. Yeah. I'm sure. Some made out of wood, some made out of comb, uh, sure. whalebone. So they were putting that thing down, and there so was they a, cut the they, they burn around the tree. They it's a whole process to get the fucking process. tree down in right. the first place, right? And then when they bring it down, there's a whole process. In fact, my aunt, who you met, Sherry, is mm-hmm. actually writing the book on this. Really, on canoe culture. Okay, she knows all about the how the canoes come down. They even had canoe healing ceremonies where mm-hmm. if somebody was suffering from depression. They didn't call it depression, but there was like somebody who didn't feel like doing anything, right? Like mm-hmm. they were like bummed out. They would think they were sick with some kind of bad spirit. That's how they looked at Canoe it. Canoe therapy. They did. Mm-hmm. The medicine man would all come in and they had sectioned off uh, uh, something of a canoe and all of the, the, the village or whatever would be there watching in a giant long. So all of our houses were like big Costco's. They had giant longhouses for everybody, and then their family members would just, you know, put curtains up so they could bone their girl or get down and do whatever they want. So this idea that Indians all lived in teepees is uh, a fallacy. It's well, it's not. It's false to say they all lived in teepees. There were teepees, mm-hmm. but like you, the, the reason why you would live in a teepee is because you're out in the plains and there's not a lot of wood, and you got to follow the buffalo, so you got to move. Gotcha. So a teepee is cool because it's about as dope as you can get in terms of comfort, warmth, efficiency, and all that shit, Mm -hmm. right? While still being able to pick your shit up and move in a day. Okay, got you. So in the Northwest, it's like, well, where are we going to go? We don't need to go anywhere. Right. Fish are always here. Mm -hmm. Whales are going to come in about two months. Mm -hmm. There's shark. There's fucking clams all year long. Got you. Mussels all year long. Shit. Octopus all year long. Oh, man. Then they got berries and salal berries and fucking roots. Feast. All day long. Nobody was tripping there. Deer, elk, Nobody was tripping off of food up there. No. In fact, like most of the stories that they tell up there, the, the... Like, it's all... The most... Most of the stuff that was going down back then was eating. It was like, oh yeah, that's that's the guy with the dried clams. Oh, here comes here comes the bear meat man. Yeah, let's sit down and start eating. You know, it was like mostly what it was. But dude, even making the canoe was like a a, a major process in the sense of, you know, it required digging out the middle part. It required creating it balanced on both sides, and then you had to widen 
you had to widen the the sides of the canoe out a little bit so that people could fit in there or whatever. And so there was a process of steaming and heating the wood, especially like cedar wood was very malleable. And you would stretch this thing out and then let it dry, stretch it out and let it dry, stretch it out and let it dry until you got like a wide section where like 12, 15 dudes or could sit and, and paddle and do their thing. And then they, and then, and then the other thing that was crazy is so you make this canoe, you get it all up. And then they had like all kinds of ways. So there wasn't, first and foremost, there wasn't planks in it. So there's nowhere for the water to seep in. It was totally wa- like water sealed perfectly and then balanced perfectly. And that was real important because, you know, like in a canoe, you need a keel. What they call it, like, I think it's called a keel. But it's like a little bit of wood that comes down, and you've seen it in like sailboats. That's like a little bottom fin that helps stabilize the canoe. So they would put all this. They, somehow they figured this all out. I don't know how they did that. And once you got the canoe sealed up and heated up and and and, and cooled off and all this other kind of stuff, and it's ready to go. Um, and there's and, and the crazy part is is they had like. So they had open sea canoes that they set up that were huge. Uh-huh. And these open sea canoes had like a huge uh, bow. Like, uh, uh, I don't know what you would call it, but on the, on the front, sometimes, like, you know, like on ships where you see like a carving of a naked mermaid bitch on sure. the front, right? Sure. So the, Indian, the, the, the my people had kind of the same thing. They had a sharpened, it, so the bow was sharpened a little mm-hmm. bit so it could cut the waves. I see Viking Exactly. Like that, it's yeah. not, and the shape of it, when you look, that's why I was saying the Vikings would recognize this. Mm-hmm. When you look at it, you, it looks very similar. And then sometimes they will put, and you know what the cool thing was? is like they would put, they will make wreaths out of like cedar. They make what? Wreaths, like a Christmas wreath. Okay. Right? They would make these wreaths out of out of cedar boughs. And, and the cedar, like it's very pungent, it smells really good, mm-hmm. and all the shit. So they would throw those cedar boughs on the front of it, like when it would go out as a blessing and blah, gotcha. blah, blah. Just like you see a Hawaiian's making fucking yeah. lays out of the fucking flowers. Sure. All right. And they cut these, these would cut through the waves as they're going out there, huh? Dude, so you'd have huge swells. I mean, when you're talking about the Bering Sea and all that stuff, you're talking about some pretty, like Alaska. You're talking about rough waters. For real. Okay. And these dudes, and like 14, 15 dudes would get in, 10, sometimes only. Into two, one canoe. Into one giant canoe. Give me a timeline on this. What, 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 what time are we talking about? Is this like 13th century, 14th century? Yeah. Oh, shit. All right, go on. All the way up until the eight, uh, all the way up until the seventeenth century, maybe even the eighteenth century, actually. Because so, there's some video. If if the uh, listeners want to know, like Mr. and Mrs. Earbuds, if you want to see some of this shit, you can go on YouTube and just click, like, search like, like Salish, because that's the larger group. That's uh-huh. the larger Salish, you know, canoe, old black and white film, and you'll see some. Like dudes dressed up like bears on the bow coming into like, that's dope. Oh, it's fucking okay. scary. It looked like it looked like where the wild things are is coming to eat you and fucking destroy your face. So let's put it. Let's put this in in order here. So yeah, the whales are coming in to do their thing. You know, it's their part of the year. They're coming to hump. All right, whatever. Mm-hmm. And these guys, twelve, fourteen Indians, yeah, are hopping in this canoe that they've made out of the cedar right log, right. 
And so what do they what do they got? What are they bringing? What's the plan here? How are they going to go take a whale? All right. Well, so part of the equipment obviously is the spear. And they would make mm. so back then you would have abalone shells and clam shells that were real fucking big. Mm-hmm. Right? Like now it's all overfished. Mm-hmm. But back then you could find clam shells as big as a fucking buff- glove. buffet dinner plate. Okay. Right? Wow. And they would make a really sharp, strong hook or barbed spear tip out of that. Hell yeah. Or out of obsidian or out of like, you know, whatever, like a rock maybe even. Mm-hmm. And and our people are one of the few people that actually had access to copper. Oh. So okay. they had some metal. Okay. All right. Then they would make that the rope out of whatever was around hemp, cedar, whatever, and they would make a giant spear. And then and and so this whaling technology must have been known to tribal people for eons because they too, like all the other people, you you hit on the spear tip. It's got a barb in it, so it stays in the whale. Mm-hmm. It doesn't fall out, and then it. It, it can come off of, it's able to come off of the spear easily. So that's what they would do. They'd set up this couple of spears like that, right? And then they would, they would inflate bladders of like walruses or seals or sea lions and stuff like that. Like balloons? That. Because they're watertight, yeah. Holy shit. It's just watertight because it's a bladder. It's holding your pee. So they blow up all these things. So they they're like buoys, like giant fucking buoys. Ba ba buoy. Unbelievable, bro. And so they would go out into the waters, way out there, and they would, you know, start looking for the 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 spray, the whale spray. Right, 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 right. right Just right, like Moby Dick, except you don't have a giant ship and you don't have metal and all those other guns. Right. Okay. And then they would find one, and they would fucking harpoon it. How big are these fucking spears and shit? I mean, you know, like 12 feet, 16 feet. And, they're, and listen, they're, they're not wearing shoes and they're in a canoe. So I want you to really think about this. You see- and Are they at nighttime? Are they going it doesn't out? Matter like, doesn't matter what time. It doesn't matter what time. How do they stay warm out there in the middle of the ocean in a fucking- They have fireboxes, which are, in my tribe especially, well known, making perfect circle boxes out of cedar, out of one piece. That's how malleable cedar was. You didn't make a box out of four pieces. You could take one plank, steam it, and bend it into a square, and then just put the bottom on, and that's a box. What do you mean fire? So listen, and then that's a box. All right. So they would make a, a cedar box. They would bring a couple of them into the canoe, and they will put sand in the bottom of them. Are you telling me that they had fires in the canoes out in the ocean? They would put f- sand in the bottom of the boxes and then build fires inside the little firebox. And that would keep them warm while they're out there. Sean, how crazy would that look That'd with these awesome. guys in the middle of the ocean, bro, with a fire on their boat, on their canoes? Right. Like maybe two. Maybe two fires. And one Fuck. for cooking, one for... And they've got all the spears and harpoons with them. Yeah. And they could, and they, and they, they could dry their shit, you know. Just be, they were just <laughs> self-contained. By the way, they didn't have to bring a lot of food with them. You know why? They could just grab a fish out of the ocean and cook that motherfucker. They would just fucking fish right there, and they'd just be chilling, fishing, fucking out <sighs> there. Dude, for this like, is gnarly. 
The only thing I don't know about is like I don't know how they took a shit. Like, did they just jump in the they water? Jump in the water, right? Yeah, so that's shit, the only... and then pull me back in, right? Yeah. See, and, and this we'll is probably shit in their hand and just fucking throw it out and wash your hand off. I think <laughs> if you, I don't know, but there's that's one of the nicest things in the world is the shit in a full body of water. I don't know if you've ever done it, like in a river sure, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's very free. They've been doing it from the beginning of time, right? Shitting in the water, right? And the fish or maybe come... they had a little cedar box. No, I think I well anyway, so 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 the so so they're out there self contained with the fires and they got the harpoons and, and they see the blowholes. But what I wanna I would want but see, I think you gotta really like imagine what it's like because so they're in a canoe. So when they see the blowholes and they start going after it, mm-hmm. right? Like you got one shot, I think, on the first one. If you fuck up the, the whale can swim faster than you could paddle, I think. Right. Okay. And I'm right. not going to get into the paddle shapes, but there's a million different paddle shapes for different things. Okay. For sneaking up on motherfuckers and popping them on the head to 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 going as fast as you can in a race. All right. Okay. So you got one shot. Now, while they, they did make the canoe wide, and now I'm saying the canoes are probably as wide as this table. Okay. This way. All right. All right. So what's that? About like about three, four feet. Four feet yeah. yeah. So it's like that. So they go, right? They're going up on it. And I think that they knew to go behind. So they had all kinds of ways to figure out which way the whale, they w- I right. think would stay way off and just watch them for a minute. Right. 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 Like wolves. Then you go and you start going. Now, you got to think about this, right? Now, the wind and the waves don't give a shit what you're trying, trying to, to do. do right? So the wind might be blowing against you. And the waves are coming against you, or coming at a forty-five degree angle. Yeah, just right, throwing you off. So you're, you're, you're. But the canoes were very stable, so they were oh, cool. But they'd be going up and down, and they'd be kind of like, yeah, throwing you off. And so, so in the canoe, you've got one guy whose job it is to just steer with the the paddle to steer, and the other one's just going, and he's to giving them directions. And you can't be loud because even the whales underwater can hear shit up there. Gotcha. All right. So you're going, now, you're the harpoon guy. Now think about this. That means you're standing on like a narrow triangle in the front of the canoe, right? You're standing right there. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, you got to stand up and get ready. You got to throw this moment. Yeah. So you're standing up. Now the waves that are coming in at a 45-degree angle and the wind and all this shit, and because it's the Northwest, most likely the rain, mm-hmm. right? And there's a million funny stories about how the like white people, after the white people came and they would hire like Indians to give them little canoe taxis up and down the fucking thing, and then they start raining and then the girls would start screaming and the Indians would be laughing and then like it's going even slower because they don't care about rain. Anyway, right. You'd be standing in the front, and now you've got this big, you know, 14-foot harpoon, which does, it's not light. Right. Okay. Right. And it's got all the, the, the rope coiled up, mm-hmm. the blown up fucking floats. Right. Okay. All there, yeah. Yeah. And so you got one shot and you got to stand up. Could be dust, could be dawn. Waves are coming. It's choppy. You got no life vest. You're, you're, you don't see land anywhere around you. You're in the middle right. of nowhere. Right. I mean, that's a, real, that's a real situation. Yes. All right. Then you fucking throw it, right? And it goes and it hits the whale and the, the barb goes in and the pole breaks off or whatever. 
And now all that rope's running out. Right. Right. And no, and you better not have your foot like anywhere it, near it. Yeah. You're Otherwise, you're getting sucked in. Yeah. And it pulls the floats. And then what would happen is the whale would try to dive, right? But the floats would slow it down. And it would stop it from trying to do all that and tire it out. Now, the whales, the whales are big, so they could bring the floats down a little ways. Mm -hmm. But it wouldn't be like as if they didn't have any. It's like putting weights on something. Right. Okay. Right. So they're starting to slow down. And that would give them another opportunity to ready another harp. Or there was another canoe going with you. And their job was to hit it again. Hit it again and hit it again. Now, it's very brutal because essentially what you're doing is, is you're tiring and exhausting the whale out as it bleeds to death. And eventually, this big fucker, this whale that's probably as big, bigger than a school bus, mm -hmm. right? It finally dies. When the whale dies, there's a guy that's got to jump into this water with another shell needle, a giant one, like, like, like as big as a railroad spike. Mm -hmm. And then it's got, it's got cedar and shit tied to it. Rope. Like a big old needle and thread. And he's got to go in and sew the whale's lips shut. Shut the fuck up. And man. dude, shut the fuck. Have you ever seen how big a whale's mouth is, dude? And there's like barnacles and shit hanging off. Yeah, him. bro. Wait, he has to jump off, go scuba diving, find the mouth of the whale, and start yeah. sewing. Yeah, he's got the mouth sew, shut. He's got to sew the mouth shut because if the whale's body fills up with all that water, it's gonna sink. sink. And everything you just did. So somebody, oh, somebody found that out the hard way. Right. Somebody of fucking course. got it, killed it. They were right. dragging it back. They were singing and like excited. And then they looked behind and <laughs> their, their fucking thing was gone. Right. And they were like, what the right, fuck? Right, dude. So somebody was like, and imagine the first guy. Like imagine the guy was like, the only way we're going to be able to get this fucker back is you're going to have to jump in and sew the lips that shut. That is gnarly, bro. Right. Yeah, like bare feet, like you would, and 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 let's make that's gangster. Dude. Let, make no mistake, it, it like whale skin isn't like <laughs> tissue paper. <laughs> you got a jab, and the waves are going up and down. Sure, right? It's fucking cold, raining. Oh my god! But they would do it. Then they would tow it behind the canoes, and then it was self floating. So that was cool. So they could bring it back. And you got to remember, like you're talking about. I mean, this was like. You know, this was like breaking into Fort Knox and getting a bunch of gold. Right. You're set for a long time with one whale. Right. With a lot of shit. Hell Jewelry, yeah. Fucking knives, fucking meat. Fuel. Oil, fuel. And they did, man. They, they had their own candles. They so had, they, they had candles. So okay, they tell me how people had candles. Tell me what this will go on. Keep so on they going. will bring this fucker slowly back. Now when they bring him back, they're singing songs and laughing. Hell yeah! But they also had other problems because, mm. like, mm. It, like it, if you watch any kind of fucking nature thing, you know that like when lions bring down something, sometimes mm -hmm. hyenas come around and they start fucking with you because they know they had to deal with sharks. Sharks had oh no! Sharks had figured out at some point that <sighs> like when the canoes go out, can never just be anything. No, it's everyone. It's it's always something. Right. That's what I try to tell people. I'm like, it's always something, bro. It yeah. ain't gonna ever just be an easy one. You think right. it's gonna be an easy one? There's no such thing. So they got bringing in now the sharks. So what they figured out was in order to get the sharks away from their food, uh, the whale. Mm -hmm. They would have with them a collection of like rocks that were about the size of a cinder block, like a like a like a cement block that you okay. would use. Yeah. And they drilled special holes in the rocks. And what they would do is they would drop the rocks behind the canoe 
And the way the bubble formation in the rocks came out, it looked like a seal diving. Oh, throw them off. And the sharks would follow that like a red herring. Right. Right, throwing off the scent of the dogs. Fucking throw them off and throw the, and confuse the sharks so that the sharks would lose where they were and then they would just keep going. Gotcha. So that's, and then they would bring it in and then it would just be like one big fucking party and then all the, all, all you know, obviously the dudes that went out and got all the shit, now they're, their work's done. Now they're just going to sit up and... The guys that went and did all the fucking harrowing work, yeah. they get a break now. Right, right. And now the rest of the village just goes and processes the gets shit. Gets to work. Gets to work. Assembly line shit. Yeah. I mean, some of those whales, like the hearts are big enough for like a, a human man to stand in. So what kind of things would a whale provide to the tribe? The guy with Sam. They would provide, I mean, first of all, you have all that oil. And that oil that they would get, they would put it in little clamshells hmm. and then light the clam, light the oil, and it would be like a, a little fucking, you know, like in Aladdin when you see that oil lamp? Yeah. And they light the end of it? Yeah. They, uh, the, the, the Indian people had that too. They just would put it, they would use abalone shells or whatever and light the top of it and it would just burn it so they could do shit at night. <laughs> Though obviously, the whale meat, the whale meat was eaten fresh and dried, and then also traded. Uh huh. Right. So you could get other shit. So like, so people, you know, from another location. And to be honest with you, we don't know how far the trading routes went. Mm -hmm. We know now that there was definitely trading routes from that went all the way down into into Latin America. Now, like we know that. But it's not clear yet, like, how much and how far and what they could do. Whales are mammals. So I'm wondering kind of what that meat would look like. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like, it's, 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 you know what? It's kind of like a cross between bear meat and. and oh, oh, you had it? Yeah. Bear oh, meat. Really? Yeah. It's like bear meat and cattle, like a uh, steak. Somewhere in between. That. Red? Red. Absolutely. And, but okay. fatty. Okay, so so was there a lot? There, obviously, there's a lot of fat on these whales too. Yeah, and all that fat would get rendered down. Now, you could also eat the fat, and they did. They would chew on it. They just be chewing on fat. Like you talk to somebody and be like, "Hold on," and it'd be like, "Now you know, in Southern do chewing on tobacco. They be chewing on fat." Uh, you would mix the oil, the fat oil, to like uh, whale grease. Mm-hmm. You could use that to fuck for fuck everything from cooking to sealing shit. Really? Yeah. And then, and then, you know, I don't know. I've never heard of what they could do with the skin. That's what was my next question. Yeah, I don't know. I would think that you would be able to, but there's not a lot of records about it, so I don't know what you could do with the skin. Okay. Now, you were talking about teeth and bones. All of that shit would be either turned, anything from jewelry to wood carving tools to knives to weapons i mean dude one of the things indians loved was clubs like if you ever look up like indian clubs and uh, like uh, war clubs Mm -hmm. like you always see some cool shit so so you know think about all of the different bones like the rib bones and all that shit and then just think about like what you could put on the top of that Mm -hmm. to fucking smack some motherfucker in the head and armor they could make armor out of the whale whale bones as well wow so it, it was a heavy scene and I don't think it was a thing that happened like every two months. Like it was like a big deal. That was like a big haul. Right. Um, because you got to remember too, they also had access to moose, elk, 
Uh-huh. I mean, those aren't small game animals. Those Hell are pretty big. no. Deer. Were buffalo up there? Not no. really. Okay. Not like, not like, there is a thing called mountain buffalo, but I still think that they were more like in the Cascades or whatever. I, you never really hear about much about buffalo up there. But how bear, would they? How would they catch? How would you? How would give me an example of how they would catch like deer or? How would they use the? Was it bow and arrow? Were they throwing spears? Were both. They, they would. You could have bow and arrow. You could have spears. They also uh, would have pits, like you would see in Vietnam, punji pits, where the they would cover up a trail and they would dig a hole on a well-known deer trail or whatever, mm-hmm. and then. There would it, the thing would fall into it, and there'd be like little sticks sticking up from behind, and just kill it like that. Really? Yeah. Or they could run it off a cliff. That's what we know. Run it off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Scare it. Like you could get a lot of people. That's what they used to do with the buffalo. The buffalo, a lot of times before horses. Because think about it. Like how are you going to kill a buffalo without a horse? Right. And Got it. Indians. So one of the things they would do is these giant herds. So they get everybody and they would get like a blanket or whatever and they act like a giant moving fence, right? Like everyone right next to each other, a bunch of people. You wouldn't even have to run that much. Mm-hmm. And you'd slowly push them and then get- Surround them. a herd? Yep. And then you, there would be like a like a little natural, sometimes it's a natural, like a valley, but it, like a chute, mm-hmm. right? Like a natural chute to push them. And there would be like a cliff at the end of that. And then they would slowly- close in and close in and close in and then once the buffalo got scared they'd be in the chute and then they'd start stampeding and those guys would just and they call it a buffalo jump those guys would just go right off a fucking cliff and fall down and then down below the indians would be down there getting ready to fucking cut them up and eat them the buffalo would just jump off yeah they would get going in a stampede they don't stop they just go and And they would fall to their, their death break their fucking neck Whoa, but that'd be have to be like the lottery of fucking the guys down below would just be like, look out, here they come. Well, they would know, yeah, they would know, they would see them, and then you would have a whole bunch of meat with <sighs> like as minimal effort as possible, right? That's, so that's genius. What, that's what I'm saying is, it's like a lot of people think about a lot of people watch Bear Grylls or like Survivor Man and you you know they watch him barely able to catch a frog and then bite it in half without cooking it right and they kind of imagine that that must have been what life was like before McDonald's but let me ask you something uh, Buffalo Bill yeah. no 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 what was uh, Sitting Bull yeah isn't there some story about him at a young age having to catch a buffalo no 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 he killed the buffalo um, but you got to remember that's after horses came when the horses came it changed the game up a little bit They still had buffalo jumps, but once the horses came with a white man It didn't take oh they were doing the buffalo jump with no horse. They were on foot They would just surround them with the blankets yeah. and shit and oh, they would just man, walk like dude. this and slowly pen them in that is So smart man. Well, when, you know when you're hungry and you got a lot of time to think about it uh, you so by the time Sitting Bull though, you know now you've got rifles and now you've got like horses and bows and arrows. They were using a lot of times Indians preferred bow and arrow over the rifle because in the early stages the rifle took a long time to load. Like you could get one off, but it, then you'd have to like grab the fucking musket ball and pour the fucking thing. It took a long time. So the Indians oftentimes they could when you could fire off one round they could shoot probably like five arrows at you. 
Wow. Because they had the quiver right there on their back, and they would just, poof. and they were experts by then. They would train them up. They would train up, at least the planes I was reading, they would train them up. They would do a couple of, couple of things to train the young, young youngsters on uh, how to sh- fire an arrow properly and all that stuff. One of the things that they would do is uh, when it was grasshopper season, the kids would practice trying to shoot grasshoppers. Really? Yeah, yeah. And then another game that they would play is they'd get a giant hoop made out of wood, usually like yellow cedar, and fucking throw it. And then they, the little kids would run and try to fire the, the thing so that it would, the arrow would go through the center of the rolling hoop. It would moving target. Wow. But by the time they were, they were of hunting age, you know, or by the time that they were starting to come into manhood, which could be as early as like 12, 13, 14, 15, they were already real practiced with the bow and arrow, and and uh, even the the whole concept of, of of bow making, even that's like an amazing thing because you don't. It's like you kind of like well, so, so then what do they do? They just grab a branch and they just fucking. Mm-hmm. But no, um, sometimes and it depends on where you were. It would depend on what part of the country you're in. It would depend on what kind of wood you had access to. You know, sometimes it would be like ironwood or sometimes it would be like this wood. But the main thing, uh, I saw this old timey guy on the East Coast talking about bow making. Man, it was a cool video. It was a cool video because this guy was doing it like the old, uh, like in the old style. And that was like his business. Like he would just show people how to do it the old school way, like for real old school. And that was like his business, but he was also kind of like low key and he was on the East coast in the South. So he was an American Indian dude with a Southern accent. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So he'd be like, yeah, hey, man, this is what you do, man. You just uh-huh. come over here and you see, now you got to get yourself like, uh, you could use like a, you know, maybe like a willow or a, and he'd be talking like that, like one of them good old boys, wow. but he was straight up Indian. And he'd be like, yeah, man, it, you know, it don't matter what kind of tree you use. You know, what what really matter though is that what you want to do is you want to get the center piece. You want to make sure that you cut the center piece. You know how a train have. So what he was saying was the tree has rings on it. So you would cut the actual, like a, probably a young tree. I mean, you know, you wouldn't need to chop down a fucking 300 foot tree to do this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a tree. And what he said was if you're going to make the bow, I mean, yeah, the bow, he said you want to cut like the centerpiece and he said what you want to do is make sure like a tree has rings when you look down at it mm-hmm. you want to keep the same ring all the way up the bow all intact that's what makes it strong and that's what makes sure it doesn't snap gotcha does that make sense yeah and the more stretch you get out of it without it snapping the more velocity you're going to get in what you're shooting right but the whole key was that it was all one piece right, right? Mm-hmm. so then you would do that and then he he talked about how you put the notches up to catch the 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 hide or sure. the grass. The, so the string that they would make the thing out of could be anything. The southern Indian dude was like, and, uh, you know, you could make it out of like, I, I've seen them made out of raccoon gut. You could oh. take a raccoon in trail. You could dry that out, fucking make a thing. And I've seen them made out of, but I think the best kind is the kind made out of like, uh, you could just use plant fiber. I made some out of fucking fern. And this guy would talk about how he would take the stems out of all these different small plants, weave it all together. You got to find, you don't need a bouncy string. The bounce, he said, it's coming out of the bow. When you, when you pull mm-hmm. the bow back, it's coming out of the bow. 
Gotcha. So you don't need like a rubber band shit. Gotcha. Right? That, that, I didn't know that. Right? That makes, makes sense, sense, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he was saying like, okay, so you do all that, right? And there's- The resistance is in the bow, not, right. in, the, not in the cord. Right. So you got to dry the bow out properly and it takes like a, you know, a, a, a dog's age to dry it out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> dog's age. Dog's age. But like you got to dry the bow out and then um, I think there was like ceiling. Now the thing that we don't know, like most of us don't know now- but like a lot of American Indians and probably tribal people all over the world know is like what plants give off like different sealants or glues. Hmm. So like my people oftentimes like I don't know if you've ever eaten barbecued salmon. Sure. But have you ever noticed that underneath it gets sticky? Sure. Okay. That is salmon glue. And the Indians used to use that shit to glue all kinds of stuff together. And you could kind of like boil down that that glue mm-hmm. into something hard, like a little bit tougher, and you'd be able to wrap that around. So like you know, sometimes when you see like Indian things, you're like, there's a there's there's a there's a shaft, and then there's the point of the spear, and then there's like twine wrapped around. And it looks like saps around it. Yeah. So yeah. In, in the Northwest, that could be salmon glue. That could be salmon wow. glue. Interesting. Yeah. So this guy would say like, yeah, and there's different tree saps, you know, like the rubber tree. That's just sap that they discovered that, mm-hmm. that the Indians in South America already knew about. That's what they were making pelotas out of, man. Mm-hmm. They're fucking playing handball and racquetball before a white man even showed up because they had rubber balls. Why? Because they had a rubber fucking plant. Then the white dude took him over to Vietnam. So you guys have a lot of berries, a lot of plant based stuff. Yeah. You've got big game. Yep. And you've got sea life, yeah. shellfish, and, oh, oh, yeah. urchins, no. okay. octopus, abalone, crab. Dungeness crab comes from where my people are at. Dungeness crab. All that Crazy. shit. More than you could. Tons of food. Just chilling. Did they, did they, were they, were they capturing the white man and were they going at it with the white man up there? Yeah, that's a good question because Captain Cook, went, so Captain Cook was a dude who, was exploring on behalf of the, I want to say British, maybe it was the Hudson Bay Company. Hudson Bay Company, right, like that's the outpost that's trying to get all these otter furs and beaver skins and all this other kind of shit and trading them and getting back. So they, they, they got Captain Cook, and he's a guy who kind of like discovered, uh, not discovered, but he's the guy that went through the Polynesian Islands, and I believe that, no, nah, and I believe that the Hawaiians eventually killed him. And uh, so, so he also went along, yeah, James Cook, he also went along the Northwest. And one of the things, so I think by the time Cook comes, and we're talking like 1700s, mm-hmm. right? And so Jamestown is whatever it is, 1500 or 16 something. So we're talking already 100 years about where white people started making contact down okay. south and over east. Okay. So by that time, the Indians had at least, uh, if nothing else, heard legends about, oh, there's this disgusting people with a fucked up face, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they're dirty, they don't know anything, but they got guns, and they're coming, and there's too many of them for us to deal with, shit okay. like that. When Cook comes into the Puget Sound, I think the Indians' response he puts in his diary, they were like unimpressed. He's, he was normally used to people seeing him for the first time and they paddle up and they try to do some kind of like discussion between the two peoples. Uh-huh. He said when he came to the Puget Sound, nobody came out to greet him. Uh-huh. Nobody was like, yeah, whatever. I don't know who that guy is. Right. Fuck it. 
So, so it's a good question. Yes, there were battles. Yes, there were massacres. Yes, there were fights on both sides. But by the time it reaches kind of like Washington in the Northwest, a lot of the writing was kind of like on the wall, mm-hmm. right? Like the Sioux and all these other people have already been dealing with them. Right, right. So by right. The time get... But it is also true that my that that the Salish people were ensconced and some of the discussion about native like American Indians natives had kind of changed it was already starting to get more complex like the white people there was a whole bunch of white people now that wanted to kind of like not fuck with the Indians and let them do their thing right so it wasn't a complete. So by the time you get there, the, yeah, there's some fighting, there's some whatever. And then some of the Indians, I mean, my people, the Salish people, uh, practiced slavery. And we even captured a couple of white people and put them to work. So let me ask you something. That's Just true. In, 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 in relevance to American Indians, and yeah. let's, let's talk about them more in a vast, broader term. Okay. When they start talking about stuff like, you know, I mean, we say it joking on, you know, everybody scalping. They yeah. scalp. Like, was scalping, what was the deal with scalping? And was that going on in the Midwest? Or was there, is there something that we should know about, like, why, or where'd they come up with that? Is that something real? What was the. I mean, it was definitely something real in the sense that it was practiced uh, by both whites and Indians. So the thing that I don't, I don't really know, mm-hmm. it's hard to tell, is. Is like at first, they kind of make it seem like it was only the Indians that were doing it. Then you find out no, they that the white people did it. Then then there was like this argument like yeah, the Indians actually learned it from the white people. They never did that shit. But huh. then I read other shit, which was from Indian accounts and Indian scouts, where it's like no, it's still. And then you look at Africa and you look at some other places and they're scalping. So I think the idea. The idea of scalping might be one of those things that was just practiced universally by everybody at a very brutal age. Because if you think about it, when you take an animal hide that's got fur, mm-hmm. right? It's got fur on it. You take an animal hide that's got fur. But then when you look at a human and you want to take a hide and you want to show that you killed something or that you, you bested somebody or that you want to prove, where's the hair at? It's on the scalp for the most part. So, but like that's just my own conjecture. I don't think anybody actually really knows about scalping, but definitely Indians did at some point practice it. Was was it brought by the white man? Not I don't know. Did the did the white man invent scalping? I don't think so. I I I feel like it's been it's everywhere. Okay, okay, so. Tell me about like, you know, there's the word savage, savage. And we all know that's a big popular word now. How savage and, you you know, so, you know, you see in the history books what they want. They want to draw out the Indians to be these inhumane, cruel monsters. Not anymore. Not anymore, but they used to. it's, it's It's a mixed bag when it comes to that, to be honest with you. Because you have... Even from the very beginning, even with the Catholic Church in South America, there was always priests and monks. They were in the minority, but uh, they already knew, like, this is wrong what we're doing to these people. And these people are actually more Christian than we are. And they don't even know Christ. Right. Right. Like, you know, when you, I mean, dude, it's, it's, the stories are legion. Legion of... Europeans showing up 
and then the Indians giving them something for nothing and then being double crossed by Europeans. Of course. It's it legion. And absolutely. then there's always like somebody in the European group that's like, this is not very Christian what we're doing. You know, this is wrong. And then sure. everybody who wants glory and dough ignores that guy. Uh-huh. Right? It's like, well, whatever he's talking about. So even in the Catholic Church, you had um, a priest, and there's some great artwork that's done, and I can't think, De La Baca, I think is his name. And you, you see, like, he's the one that, like, drew the pictures of, like, white conquistadors throwing Indian children to their dogs, mastiffs. Mm-hmm. And it, it's in black and white drawn. And he's the one that's like, this is terrible. And then Britain took it up. Britain took up the cause. But see, the European countries would only take up causes on behalf of the Indians so long as it was hurting the other country. All right. So they were like, oh, uh-huh. see, Spain, disgusting. Right. Yeah, right, right. Oh, yeah. I would never. Appalling. <sighs> That's appalling. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> and then, you know, yeah. they come to Europe. So you always have that. But in, in the United States, and this is something that I think we should be proud of as, as Americans, to be honest with you, is there does arise fairly quickly a type of non-Indian. Could be black, could be white. I don't know about Asian so much. I don't see that as much. But white or black that become sort of part Indian in their practice because they realize it's a way to survive. And it's also a much freer way to live. And that's how you get these mountain people. That's how you get like, like, like Davy Crockett and fucking right, like these right. kind of guys, right? Now, the thing about these dudes were they really did actually think like, you know what? Why don't we have civilization end at the Mississippi? We're tired of it. And then let's let the Indians just do whatever the fuck they want on this side. And I think in their minds, they were thinking of that as real freedom. Right. Right? Yeah. And that there wouldn't be a problem. And the Indians at that point had kind of sufficiently gathered like this war, even if we win it, it's going to kill us. So let's let's just call it a truce and like... I I just want to live on this side. I don't want to, you know, pay your taxes. I don't want to eat your fucking food. Mm-hmm. I don't want to fucking farm the way you're farming. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to do shit the way you're doing it. I don't want to eat the way you eat. I don't want to go to a store to buy any bullshit. Right. I don't want to live inside in a square house. Right. I, I don't want to do any of that. Okay. I, I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm saying I don't want to do it. Right. So let me live on this side, right? <laughs> let me keep my freedom. Let me keep my freedom and let me keep the way. But yeah. the problem is, is that at that time, there's a lot of different things, but one of the problems was was that uh, the way the Indians lived so free and the technology and knowledge that they had could have really empowered a lot of poor people. Sure. Right? Imagine you've got nothing. Right, like you, you ain't a lord. You ain't a fancy lord or a city slicker. You're a fucking peon. You're a shoeshine guy. That's your job. And then you, you, you got to sit there and shoeshine, and you got to live in a in a tenement, a shanty town, and mm-hmm. you're covered in lice. You know, you ain't gonna. You're not coming out of that. You don't got any education. And your life's not going to get the best that you could hope for. The very best that you could hope for is that you're going to become like a really respected servant. You know, maybe a porter, mm-hmm. a porter. You could carry bags for a rich white man or whatever. Like a man, and you could be white and stuck in that scenario. Right. right. So then imagine that 
just about like half a mile away, you could go and learn how to fucking just live off the land. And be your own man. And just do your own fucking thing. Right. And there's a whole bunch of uh, American Indian women that don't give a shit about that kind of status that you could take as a wife. That looks real attractive to somebody like that. They lost a lot of dudes to that. So that's why they, they, they call them savages and heathens was to use a religious aspect to scare white people uh-huh. to stay home. So they were like, yeah, oh, you can do that. Yeah, you they're animals. That. But you're going to go to hell. Just know that. Give me some, uh, what were some of the, you know, and I'm not trying to make Indians out to be bad guys or anything, but mm. we all have some, some crazy stuff that we do as, you know, tribes of people. Yeah. What was that? Give me a couple. What do you Give mean? Give me a couple. Like Give me a like couple. What? what did they do? And when it was going down, like the white man showed up and massacred a bunch of tribes. Dude, all you and have then to- them tribes would come back and get theirs. What kind of shit would they do to them dudes? Dude, you don't. It's. Uh, come on. Uh, like, what, a book that you could read. Uh, ah, man, it was about the. Sh- it was about the. Uh, let's see. Midnight Sun. Land of the Midnight Sun. What the fuck is that? Um, but yeah, all right. So like, what would they do? Give me some real savage shit. I mean, one of the things they would do is they would hang you by your feet, okay? Mm-hmm. And they'd hang you about three feet up off a of fire. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, and they'd make the fire real small. What? Wait, wait. They'd hang you by your feet. Yeah. About three feet above what the flame? Yeah. And make it a little flame? It's a tiny fire, and they would slowly cook you. From the top down, like slowly so, cook your brains. Yes, no. And guys would be screaming, like, oh <laughs> "Please, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." And the Indians would like laugh and dance. And, no, yeah, and, and the they women would cook you and the from women the head up. and the women would come out and like stab a guy in the stomach and laugh oh. as his belly meat fell into the fire, and they'd be like clapping and like didn't nobody. I'll tell you this. Uh huh. The women and children and the men, when this shit was going, when you had a captive that was a villain, that was an enemy, like right, you right, engaged right. in that, you engaged in the war. Right. right? Gotcha. You, you uh, signed up for this. Right, right, right. And right. you knew one of the things that could happen to you is we're going to have some fun. Oh, shit. We're going to have some fun with your ass. Oh, shit. So they would bring dudes down or... Oh, they would they yeah, would no. they would strip them down naked and just let the village just fucking have at them and like women would women right would like wives would come out and, sure and just fucking cut a chunk of meat off your arm and like kick it at a dog and let the dog eat it and then be like yeah <laughs> oh wow <laughs> that's some real horrible stories or some they real would take shit. leather and wet it and then like wrap it around your head real tight and then set you out in the sun with your hands tied so you couldn't do anything and the leather would start to tighten and crack your skull slowly no. yeah that's oh, true oh dude are yeah. you kidding me I'm not kidding you dude dude's head would be like and they would like laugh and like then drag your crotch to the fire and burn your dick off (laughs) oh my god dude that's yeah yeah the leather straps all wet yeah tied around your head real tight yeah and then they would just start to just dry up and tighten on your head. Yeah, that that was that's one heavy of, duty yeah, right that's there, bro. One of, that's when <laughs> was thinking of that. I don't know, dude. They had a lot of uh, they had a lot of shit like that. That in some, you know, one of the best things to do is read one of these books uh-huh. uh, by like uh, somebody who was captured because they because the Indians, you know, they would uh, a lot of times. I'm not exactly sure how the, this works, but you know, actually, Rome Rome does it too. Mm-hmm. 
here it is. Empire of the of the Empire of the uh, uh, Empire of the Summer Moon. Mm-hmm. Get that book. Our Empire of the Summer Moon. Yeah, get that book because that book's got some pretty choice violence in it. Okay, all right. That one you you receive you'll read that and you might be like. So then what the fuck is Dances with Wolves? Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't see, I didn't see any of that in Dances with Wolves. I like to get to know the real shit yeah, that was I didn't, going I down. Didn't, so, so the Indians, uh, sometimes they would capture, they would only do it for somebody that was like in a certain age range usually, like uh, like 12 and 15 or like 8 and 15, uh-huh. where they would keep the kid alive. They would come, for, so sometimes what would happen is, and you know, these farmers were on land that was not supposed to be blah blah blah. blah. So gotcha. all okay. gotcha. So now, so but the farmers are kind of, you know, they're kind of innocent. Like mm-hmm. they, they're not necessarily thinking they're stealing anything because they've been allowed by the government to come get this their deal. government, right? And right. they're not trying to. When they got a wife who doesn't know anything, and you know, she's got like you yeah, know, some little kids. Yeah, flower print dress with a fucking girl. They're just trying on. to make a living. They're just trying to Scrab- live. Hard scrabble. Got some kids. Then like Indians would see like, hey, look at these. Look at this. Go over here. It's like four people guarding this, and there's like all kind of cattle and horses over there. What the just, hell? Let's go fucking get that. Why don't we just go in there we'll and get take it? that? So they would. They would go and they would steal. And sometimes they would come into the farmhouse looking for shit too. Like steal big sacks of flour and beat the shit out of the wife and then fucking kill the guy, her husband, right in front of them. And she's like, yeah. They yeah, would get yeah, irritated yeah. that she was crying, smack her, kill her, yeah. burn her. Set her hair on fire, like some crazy shit. Wow. But the kids, there's one story in particular, they were both in a certain age. They would they just stole them, kidnapped them. And these kids oftentimes were then adopted into the tribe and brought up and, and given to somebody who lost a child to a white man. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And so they would give the kids to mothers wow. or fathers who had lost kids. Now, this is what's interesting about this, because the Romans do the same thing a lot, which is like they would have adoption that they treated as real. Like it wasn't like today we're so focused on DNA and genetics that when you adopt somebody or you're like trying to adopt someone somewhere in the back of your mind, it's like mm, it's not really real. It's not. I mean, yes, that's my son, but there's a kind of a it's not of my body, mm-hmm. but. For a lot of tribes, I don't think it's just the Indian ones, uh, there was an aspect where it's like, it doesn't matter where you came from, you're here now, and I'm going to be your mom, and I'm going to treat you like a son. And that's the end of that. And that's the end of that, and, yeah. it, and it developed that way for sure. Right. And a lot of times, the white people would like send these search parties. It's more like, a, like a, people look at a pet more like that now. Right, people. But exactly. they don't go back and be like, "Well, that was somebody else's dog." They're like, no, you know "This what? is my dog." That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, it's the same thing. Like people with pets, they forget their history. Dude, it's my, dog's wi- mine my now. wife before the baby, okay, mm-hmm. she had a dog named Astrid, who she said she gave spiritual birth to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's my daughter. Right. And I'm like, right. what? She's like, "That's my daughter," and don't call her a dog. She's like, eh. "Now that we got mm-hmm. the baby." She like kicks Astrid out of the way. She's like, yeah. Get out of the way. Now it's a dog. That's a mutt. Yeah, <laughs> your mutt. Yeah, now the spiritual mutt. Yeah, she's like, yeah. But before the baby, it was like, this yeah, is course. my princess. And then I'm, then the baby comes. She's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah what's the matter with? Don't look at our. Don't, Give that <laughs> dog away. <laughs> yeah. So so so. 
so yeah, so they would adopt white people a lot, actually. And, and, and from other tribes, too. Sometimes there would be intertribal warfare. You'd lose one, da-da-da. you capture some young, young people, and you replace what was lost to you. Wow, man. Yeah. And... And uh, so, but what's interesting is, and, and from, from the white perspective, it was like a kidnapping. Right? Like, I guess it was. Yeah. But from whites, yeah. whites were like, we got to get these kids back. They're going to be fucked right, up. Right, we're going to go on a hunt and find these kids. We got And they couldn't, and like most time they could never find them. And the Indians had all of these ingenious, they always knew they were being followed. So they would travel in the first go around without eating for like 48 hours. Like they would just not eat. And it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't like the Indians were like, <sighs> House of my blood sugar. Right. There was right, no blood sugar. Right. There was no blood there was no sugar. No diabetes going on back then. No, there was no blood sugar problem. There was no hyperalgia. What is it called? I don't know. Sean, what's it called? Hypoglycemic. Yeah, nobody was hypoglycemic in the Indian world. There was no like I can't no go ACDC and DCACA and AABBs and all that, right? I swear to God, I've read a million of these accounts. I never once ADHD. They, and- Indians are running like on foot or on horseback, carrying captives for a long time. They need to make a quick getaway, put some distance between them and the fucking authorities. Never once was one of the people like, listen, I got to stop and eat a snack. I'm hypoglycemic. I'm, hypo- I'm feeling tired. I need a candy bar right now. Right. If you yeah. said you were feeling tired, you you wouldn't be a warrior anymore. That's the end of that. Right. You're, there you go. You can be tired, but you better go home mm-hmm. and start weaving blankets. Right. <laughs> right? You get <laughs> fucking not out yeah. here. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So- so they would go, and the kids, t- and some of them wrote books, and they and they wrote and they kept the stories going or whatever. And this girl was saying, like, man, I was starving. I was I was hungry. And they would grab the kids by the hair and just bring them up on the horse. Yeah, they would just pick them up like that, and they weren't doing yeah. it to be mean. No, it was just like a a female lion grabbing her cub the by cub, the scruff. Right, right, right. Exactly. They just grab them by the hair and just yank them up, throw them on the horse, and they just take off. And they and they would go for four, twenty four hours straight, no sleep, and they could sleep anywhere. They knew everything. They would just fucking and they would have you know all kinds of different ways of walking the horse back and forth and throwing sand behind them and all this shit to throw off the trail. Have one guy go off to the left and circle back and do a bunch of figure eights out in the middle of nowhere and then come back so that to throw off the the people who were searching. Mm-hmm. And they would sleep. And then at some point, right? And they would always like. They they would always find like a like if they killed a calf, you know, this kid was telling a story about how they they captured him, they killed a calf to take with them. Mm-hmm. And when they finally slowed down to eat the first night, they didn't make any fire because they didn't want to attract any whatever. So they ate everything raw. Mm-hmm. That was like no big fucking deal. Right. But one of the things he said they prized, the Indians prized more than anything else was they the calf had been drinking its mother's milk and in its stomach it was digesting milk and it cut the thing open and they pulled out this white gelatinous shit that was like the half digested milk mm-hmm. and they ate it like it was fucking twinkie. butter oh, they loved it it was the best thing and so they, the kid was starving so they turned to him and they said you know, with hand signs. By the way, they did all everything with hand signs. They could, you could, Indians could talk to each other from different tribes through hand signals and shit. Fish and fuck them. You know, put the V up for vagina. Where's mm-hmm. that at? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but they would, they, they knew. Anyway, so they told the kid, come here, grab my ear and hand, drag him over there and say, you got to eat that. 
And they thought they were doing something nice, but he was like freaking out. And he was like, man, you know, that looks disgusting. Mm-hmm. And then they would just grab a handful. They think a dirty, Force feed him. Yeah. In his face. And then he said he threw up. Mm-hmm. And the Indian was like disgusted that he threw up. And he picked the throw up and made him eat the throw up. Yeah. <laughs> but eventually, right, that guy, he got to a point, him and his sister, he got to a point where the Indians, it's going to sound like child abuse, the Indians, like Child Protective Services might be called on something like this. Mm-hmm. So he got, he got to a point where he finally got used to eating raw meat, which eventually he loved, mm-hmm. and he was getting close to point. But <clears throat> he got to a point where he got tired. Mm-hmm. He was a kid. And so he got tired. And so the Indians, the captor, captors that got together, and they're like, what are we going to do with this guy? So they took him, and they said, they made signs to say, well, you're too fucking tired, so we're going to kill you. We're just going to, oh, I think he ran off. He ran off. They caught him, brought him back, and they go, you're too much trouble. We're going to kill you in hand signals. And he had gotten to a point, and his sister was, like, crying because she thought they were going to kill his brother, and she was singing to Jesus. And, mm-hmm. uh, and they said, you know, and they were going to keep her because they knew eventually she'd grow up and then be a great wife to somebody. Right. So they took the they took the boy and they tied him up to a tree, like a big oak tree, and they tied his arms around it. And now you got to imagine, this kid's like 11. Wow. Okay? And his feet tied to it, and they made like they were going to build a fire around him. And they put all the sticks down to build a fire and stuff like that. And he was so fucking tired, and they were talking and talking and talking, and then they had a, a a a gun, and they raised it up at him, and he started laughing. He laughed in their face, and he got he got to a place in his mind at eleven, where he goes, "I'm tired of you fucking just dragging me around and wasting all this time. If you're gonna fucking kill me, kill me, kill me." And the Indians were like, "What?" And they got crazy and they brought the gun up to his face and he stuck his face into the gun and was like, kill me, I don't even care now. And they pulled the trigger and they had taken the bullet out. It was just a blank and there was like a big explosion and he didn't flinch. He was ready to die. They untied him and they're like, this fucking kid. Mm, This fucking one, we're keeping this one. This guy's got fucking balls. And they kept him and and they raised him up with him and he eventually became more like more Indian to himself than anything else and the thing that they loved about living in the Indian society because they could still remember the some of them even forgot how to speak English mm-hmm. they yeah, could understand yeah. it but yeah. they didn't speak it anymore and they looked at you know their mother as their, their Indian mother as their mother now and the sisters and brothers and all this shit and this kid became a warrior in the tribe eventually. wow white white as a fucking sheet white as a fucking sheet and nobody said shit no, right, like he earned would, his mother. Yeah. yeah, nobody was even saying anything. And so eventually these Indians will battle white dudes and the white dudes would be like, there's a white man. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> and so and he's taking us out. Right, they're right. like, Who's, he's fighting on the wrong side. Uh, Who the fuck yeah. is that? Yeah. And also the Indians, you know, they did understand too, like they would also do ransoms and shit like that with the whites. But they also understood that he would have some some pull back towards his his original family. Mm-hmm. So they told him at some point because once the whites saw this dude fighting, is this all recorded? This yeah, dude it's all wrote in a, a book? book. Yeah. Okay, go on. And so so once they figured out that who this white war, white Indian was, 
they figured out oh, it was probably the boy from the family that we never oh, right, found. Right, right. So they went and got like the grandmother and the so and so and some other people, and they went to the 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 leader of this Indian band and said, "Listen, this guy's family wants to talk to him." And the Indian right. had enough like understanding or honor to be like, "Well." You know, I got to tell him. So he went to him and said, now the thing about this guy was writing about what he loved about being one of the Indians and the girl too. The girl wrote a diary and they printed it and you can read it. Wow. And they, I got to get a hold of these. And what they liked about it was that like, like for instance, like, like meal, there was no meal time. There was no like, like we have like three, like breakfast, lunch and dinner. And we think that's just how it goes. Uh huh. But out in the wild, it wasn't like that. It was just like a giant pot, usually made a, until the, until they got metal from like the, the Hudson Bay Company and traded and shit. But even before that, they had pots that were made out of pottery, like sure, you know. Sure. So you could hang that over a fire, and they would just keep throwing vegetables and meat into that shit, and made like a, a like a like a year long stew. Really? Yeah. And and the whole thing, and nobody <sighs> watched it. Nobody was tripping. And the whole thing was whenever keep on adding water and keep on adding vegetables and spices and meat and whatever. That's it. And then if you if you were hungry at any point that you were hungry, Mm -hmm. you just come in and eat. There was no like that makes more fucking sense to me than anything else. Right. There was no three meals a day or whatever. Eat when you're hungry. That was it. You're just a little hungry. You just eat a little. You're real hungry. You just sit down and eat. Right. Yeah. And they would Whatever. just bring like a say, and they they could make cakes out of anything. The Indians in Southern California had a lot of acorns. They would make acorn cakes. They'd grind an acorn up, and make an acorn cake. Wow. And there's a poison in the acorn that you got to take it out. And they had figured out how to leach the. They would boil it, parboil it, whatever the fuck you call it, mm-hmm. and leach out that that poison and that bad taste, bitter taste. And then they have leftover this fine fucking acorn powder and i think you can go online and buy some acorn cakes if you want to try to see wow but they make acorn cakes around here dude like black oak and all that shit so yeah they would have these little cakes and a fucking stew and then every so often a fresh kill and fucking barbecue that shit that's how they ate and and in the only time that there was like a quote-unquote meal was if there was some kind of celebration sure right right right, right, once every so often so so uh, and they said that like when they went back and dude, so when, so, 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 so the Indian leader came back and said to the guy like, Hey, you know, your, your relatives want to talk to you and hang out with you. And you know, you're, you're a man now, so you can make a decision what you want to do. And so he said, yeah, I, I do want to go hang out with him. And he did. And he went to live with him and he couldn't even sleep on the bed because it really? was the mattress. He was so used to sleeping on the ground or like a hide cot that he couldn't sleep on the bed and he couldn't stand the clothes. Like, cause when he was out there, it was just like, you know, some pants, like little leggings and like no shirt or whatever. Huck. But when he got home, they, everyone wanted to dress up in a like button up shirt and the fucking pants. He was like too restrictive. He hated having to sit and eat at the same time every day. Right. He was right, like, well, right, I don't right, doesn't right. make any fucking sense. Right. He went to church and was like listening to all this shit. And he was like, you know what? I ain't feeling this. He was saying that the Indians that he lived with was way more Christian and like connected to a creator than everybody in this church. Sitting in a pew, you know, in a house, right, inside, right, right, you know, all right, this shit. Right. And eventually this guy, um, because they pushed the Indians out again and he wasn't able to meet up with him eventually this guy found some caves way out of the city 
and he just abandoned his relatives, abandoned everything, and just took his clothes off and just lived in a cave for the rest of his life. And every once in a while, they, somebody would come and visit him, and he'd be like, hey, what's happening? But he just lived like an Indian up in a cave outside the city because he couldn't take any of this other shit. Wow, man, that that's that's incredible. I mean, we could do like a million shows on just I the different like stories that. of the captured whites that live with the Indians. Dude, that is Sean. Yeah, that man. How interesting is that, man? It's amazing. It really is, man. Like this is a this is real American history that we're listening to for real. And you know what, man? See, man, if if Chuman didn't take all that time in his life to read and look and find, I, I wouldn't even know stuff like this, bro. Um, what is there? Is there a name of um of the book about these the brother and sister? You know what? I'll put it up. Okay. I can't think of it off the top of my head because I read a yeah. bunch of them because uh, I'm writing a screenplay right now. Okay. On uh, somebody who goes and lives with the Indians. He's going to put this up, guys. Sean, did you, man, I mean, this is honestly, uh, I don't know what we're going to entitle this show. Yeah, I don't know. But this is one of the best shows we've ever done. You really think so? Yeah, bro. Because I couldn't leave the mic and sit in my earphones. I had to sit in the, each part. I mean, this stuff to me is, I'll, I want to listen to this stuff, man. This you know is what? real history of real shit that happened, and it's fucking, it's fucking rugged. Well, it's you know real. what? I'll tell you what, man. Next time, mm -hmm. right? Like, if we want to go back into the- Part two. The annals of Indian technology or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, this is going to be the Indian series, bro. So whatever we do, um, remind me to talk about what they did up in the north, like the Eskimos and the Aleuts up in the, in the oh, snow. Yeah. And the kayaks. This might just be American Indian one. Uh, I mean, if I just took 20 minutes to explain to you how they made kayaks. Yeah. I, think, I mean, just let's just do this as a teaser. Just imagine, right? You're in the land of the midnight sun. The sun doesn't go down mm -hmm. for six months. Nothing but ice, right? Polar bears. Nothing but polar bears. Ice. Snow foxes, right? And think about this. Just think about this for a second. Some Indian fools were like, you know what? Fuck it. This looks good to me. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to live here. I'm going to mm. live in the land of the ice. Mm. I fucking... I'm a, I, I warm hot, I, I run hot blood so I'm gonna live here mm. think about somebody who could figure out what how to how to make an igloo like really think about that and think about somebody who figured out how to make a, a, a kayak it's not a canoe it's not a boat it's a kayak and it's water sealed right and you're going against icebergs and whatever hunting walruses <laughs> Think about that's crazy bro we're uh, okay we're, we're gonna get on it bro. <laughs> this is chuman thank you bro yeah thank you man that that's this show here what we just did was completely produced by chuman's brain and experience <laughs> sean's gonna do the sound producing but uh the engineering on it but it was completely crafted out of your mind and your experience and your knowledge listen fantastic i learned a lot i hope all mr and mrs earbuds and all my listeners i really really hope 
you all gain something about history and heritage just a little bit of the American Indian culture yeah. I'm so proud man and uh, like we do about this time I gotta go eat some stew <laughs> so we're gonna say adios amigos ciao arrivederci arrivederci and we'll see you later from the hard luck show uh, peace, peace. Out.